a brought-in government, a brought-in academia. So we invite key people, key stakeholders who are in there, but you also bring in, in your community-based organizations because that's where the work is, right down at the grassroots level. And we can only hear it from them and we don't allow them this platform. They are actually lost in the system. I'm very grassroots orientated, but I also work with the other key stakeholders that are vital to whatever's been done. You're listening to System Catalysts. Each week, you will hear personal stories of changemakers who are bringing more inclusive, connective, system-level solutions to our most persistent challenges. I'm Tulane Montgomery. In this episode, English Saul spoke with our guests, Cookie Edwards and Jessica Kiliza. and change a system, you must know how to work within two groups with very different contexts. First, the communities directly impacted by the system with lived experience and expertise who often have less access to capital and formal power. And second, people with positions of structural power and authority in government. In our previous episode with Food Corps, we talked about the importance of proximate leadership or being close to the issues and communities one is trying to serve. But once you understand the problem at a grassroots level, how do you grow solutions and engage government? Today's guest, Cookie Edwards, knows how to skillfully bridge this gap. Cookie is the founder and CEO of the KwaZulu-Natal Network, also known as KZN. She works at a grassroots level while ensuring government policies in South Africa reflect the needs of communities plagued by gender-based violence. Today, we'll also get to hear from Jesse Kaliza, who works at Charlize Theron's Africa Outreach Project, a philanthropy that funds the KZN Network. Their relationship exemplifies how funders can best be a partner to the organizations they support. It also shows how backing a passionate, community-based system catalyst can be the key to transformative change. I've been a gender activist for the past 30 years. Being a survivor of gender-based violence myself actually brought me to this work. Cookie established the KZN Network on Violence Against Women in 1999 after she ended her abusive first-year marriage. It is a network of more than 300 non-governmental organizations, local government departments, churches, and schools in the KwaZulu-Natal province. The KZN network focuses on gender-based violence, sexual and reproductive health, environmental design, creating safe spaces for women in communities, awareness campaigns, advocacy, lobbying. We focus on legislation, policies. There's a lot that we do. But our core focus is gender-based violence, assisting survivors of violence, intimate partner violence, rape, sexual assault. If we have a GBV survivor, you get a call. And sometimes an organization doesn't have the answer to be able to assist. Then they would call me and I would refer to the person. I connect them to the right people also. 
I like to partner. Right now, we are busy with the policy, and I brought in other partners. I brought in government. I brought in the Commission on Gender Equality. I brought in academia, civil society, and we're having this meeting on the third. So it's not just about the network. It's who you bring in together. So we invite key people, key stakeholders who are in there, but you also bring in, in your community-based organizations because that's where the work is, right down at the grassroots level. When you're thinking about partners, when you're thinking about, okay, this is a partner that I want to bring into the fold to help me work on this project or this effort, what do you look for? What to you embodies a good partner? A good partnership is about supporting each other. Over the years, I've learned that you don't make issues personal. If you argue, you argue, or you have your differences about the work situation. But when you walk from around the table or whatever it is, it's a work thing. It's not a personal thing, you know? So I think that's where my relationships have been. I can be quite strong in the workplace because I can see that something needs to be done. And there's an urgency for it to be done or something like that because I have this passion as a gender activist. My experience that I had as a survivor of GBV gives me that oomph, that motivation to want to see women come out of that. And the more we delay by having long discussions around tables and having differences, and there's somebody suffering out there. That, that's how I see it. That's amazing. So tell me, I mean, it seems like you have such a wide array of partnerships from government to community-based organizations and advocacy organizations. How how does KZN Network work to actually coordinate all of that? I'm smiling because I always get asked that question, but I'm the one that brings everybody together. <laughs> I don't know how, I think, I don't know how it happens. That's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I don't know, everything that happens around gender-based violence, everyone says phone cookie. I think what it is, uh, English, it's my relationships that I've built over the years the networking I've done. So it's like you can ask me anything and I just know the exact person to refer you to or to who to connect you to. Or I help government sometimes. I help other organizations if they want to coordinate conferences and they want people in there. I just do one call or one WhatsApp message. So I put it down to the relationship, the respect you have for each other in the field, you know, and having a... Um, interpersonal skills, how you treat people, that kind of thing. So when something happens, you know you're getting that support. So I know a lot of people say I'm the thread. You're the connective tissue. Yes. But what's also nice is that when they network, I can step away and they continue building relationships with each other. Yeah. It was this reputation as an incredible connector of people that brought Cookie to Jesse Kaliza. Jesse is the associate director of Charlize Theron Africa Outreach Project, or CTAOP. Created by actress and producer Charlize Theron, CTAOP supports community-based organizations in Africa. Often, how CTAOP works is that when we get into a a new area that we don't know much about, we do a lot of calls with all types of people, with academics, other NGOs, government leaders, thought leaders, our other program partners that we support on the ground. And we say, where are the gaps, first of all, in South Africa? What gaps can we fill? And then who's doing good work? And when it came to KwaZulu-Natal, 
where I'm based here in the city is Durban. I said, who's doing good work in KZN around GBV? And everyone kept saying the same thing. Cookie Edwards, Cookie Edwards. She's been doing this for like years and years and years. You must get in touch with her. And that's the reason that I reached out to Cookie. CTAOP sought out Cookie after the COVID pandemic exacerbated the already alarming incidents of gender-based violence. South Africa is one of the countries with the highest femicide rates globally, five times higher than the global average. And the majority of women in South Africa, who make up about 51% of the population, have experienced some form of gender-based violence in their lifetime. Yet, funding the solutions to this massive issue is not straightforward. The problem is that gender-based violence falls through all the silos in, in government. So it falls through and cuts across all government departments. So, you know, the Department of Health would see a survivor because a survivor would need to go to a clinic and, and have a checkup, you know, after there's an incident. So there's the Department of Health, there's the Department of Social Development that also is the one that employs social workers to go out to homes that respond to gender-based violence. There's the police. Often, you know, women leave their homes with just the clothes on their back, so they need their IDs. There's the Department of Home Affairs. And then we have a Department of Women, Children, and Disabilities. And so that's where it seems to fall. The funding is falling now. But yet, gender-based violence cuts across all of these. So money gets from government hasn't quite come through yet. Um, and one of the main reasons is this, is that it cuts across so many government departments that are siloed. This is why it was so important for CTAOP to find someone who worked across different government organizations, as well as within communities impacted by gender-based violence. As a system catalyst, working with the government has the potential to extend your reach to millions of people through policy or otherwise. We also look for community change makers. So, you know, people that have that fire that you know if you are able to support them with a few resources and they just take it and run with it. And when I met Cookley the first time, I knew right away that she had that spark. She was doing the work already with no funding. What is so unique about Cookie and her network is, well, just herself first, is that she is from... Durban. She's from the communities most affected by gender-based violence. She's a survivor herself. She understands at a community level what it takes, in a personal level, what it takes for a woman to actually leave a situation and that there are very few support structures for women in communities. So her superpower is that she's able to understand, she understands community and she can communicate with community. She has networks and relationships across the province that are unbelievable. And then she can also speak with politicians and the policymakers and the private sector and different government departments. So she's the glue of all of these entities, all these stakeholders that are working in the space. And what the network has brought to the province is that coordinated space where all of these stakeholders can come together. That doesn't happen very often where stakeholders can genuinely speak about the issues that are happening. And she ensures that in the meetings, I've been to some of her meetings in the community where her leaders or her community leaders running the meeting with government stakeholders and government having to respond to the issues that they're bringing up. So she's really keeping government accountable to their jobs. Some of the traits that Cookie has is that she's highly empathetic. I've seen her during the flooding, many of them lost their homes and were living in 
community halls for months. She had a woman come up to her asking her about where she could get support for her child. And as Cookie's giving her a hug at the end of their discussion, she slips her some money in her head. And I just thought, wow, I don't meet many people like that that just do this out of kindness and just because she cares about other humans. And uh, I think you have to have a high level of empathy to work within the system and change the system. And I think Cookie has that. Jesse is referring to a 2022 flooding that occurred in Durban, the city where Jesse and Cookie live. A lot of people lost their lives, their homes, and everything that was devastating. That's Cookie again. And they were moved to community halls and school halls and wherever. When the floods happened, Jesse and I hooked up and they gave us emergency funds to be able to assist. So here we were cooking big pots of food, taking hot meals to the people, buying blankets, buying mattresses, toiletries, uniforms for the learners and school shoes for those that were washed away. So that's how the relationship started, through the floods. And then they gave us funding for a year, which we were had used after the floods. That funding was used towards the National Strategic Plan on Gender-Based Violence and Femicide. The National Strategic Plan is a coordinated response to the crisis of gender-based violence and femicide in South Africa. Cookie was part of the Interim Steering Committee that helped draft that document. She used CTAOP's funding to gather inputs from the community for the government to look at. Under the National Strategic Plan, KZN Network also established the first four rapid response teams in the country. What is a rapid response team? The minute a survivor contacts you, you're going quickly through the referral, but you are doing follow-up and build a safety net around the survivor to avoid secondary victimization. What we also did is because we have so many hotspots, we have turned two hotspots into violence-free zones. We, we did demarcated that hotspot in that community where there's a high increase of reporting of GBV, crime, rape, sexual assault. We recruited community engagers. We took them through the training. They did door-to-door campaigns. So what we did, we demarcated that hotspot and we called it a violence-free zone. But in that zone, they went to each home and sat with families in that zone that demarcated area, spoke to families to support and buy into the process of turning that hotspot into a violence-free zone. So when those families agreed, they got stickers to put on their doors and on their windows to say it's a violence-free home in the violence-free zone. We did a night walk using the community safety order tool that looks at lighting, overgrown vegetation, entrapment sites, the whole safety order tool. And uh, the findings from there are given to the different departments for parks and gardens, electricity, those kind of things. Nothing has happened as yet. Only the people in the community are looking after. When you gather leading next generation philanthropists, impact investors, and social entrepreneurs, you can bring about the most promising global solutions of a generation. With over 6,000 members from 70 countries, Nexus catalyzes new membership and accelerates solutions to a wide range of social and environmental problems. 
across six continents. Nexus has hosted over 45 summits to connect young people from diverse backgrounds and link communities that would never otherwise meet. To learn more about membership and upcoming Nexus summits and retreats around the world, visit nexusglobal.org. Cookie, tell me a little bit about maybe some of the challenges you've had in this work with bringing people together around this cause. What are, what are some of the hard things? We don't get funding from our government, but if I want something done, I can get it in kind. Like if I need a venue or somebody to help with catering, I approach them. But how far does that take you? We don't have enough funding and resources to make the impact that we know that we can do in the community. We have wonderful policies. We've got progressive legislation and we've got everything. So there's nothing we need to do. But the implementation is the one that makes you want to pull out your hair. There's a huge lack of due diligence. There's shortcomings in terms of delivery. Whether you train the frontline workers, I'm talking about from governments like your police, you can take them through the training. You come back next month, there's somebody else there. Where's the person that you trained? Gone to another department. So it becomes frustrating. Communities ask you to please come in and assist them, run workshops for them, but you don't have the resources to even do that. You don't have transport to do that. We want to change women's lives, but our resources are limited. Even when the KZN network receives funding, it often comes with conditions. This is why Cookie values CTAOP, an organization that allows her to use resources in the way that she knows best. But they're an excellent partner because they don't tell you as other funders use it like ABC. Your traditional funding proposals where you have to do exactly that and you have to stick to that. Things are changing every day. There's climate change. We don't know what's happening tomorrow, what's going to happen. So with CTAOP, they're very supportive. I mean, I pick up the phone at any time, ask any one of them anything, or we have, and we have the WhatsApp group. So I've never met a funder or a partner in that way before. It's not your traditional. And what's nice is that they give you room to breathe, to be able to do the work that you do. Other funders can learn from CTAOP's approach. Often, supporting proximate leaders who know how to speak to all stakeholders is what drives change. She's bringing two systems together, the community system and the government. That's Jessie again. And she keeps, in different ways, putting them in the same room and saying, you know, listen to community. This is what's happening out there. You need to make decisions based on what's happening on the ground. So it's that micro and macro that she understands really well. But being a good funder isn't just about giving out money to system catalysts like Cookie. It's also about being a partner and learning from their work. I've been out with her on walks at night. We do community audits. So at nighttime, we gathered and it's community. It's her rapid response teams. The local municipality was there. The school leadership was there. And basically what we did at night was walk through the the neighborhood to see where there were areas where it would be dangerous for a woman or child to walk. So we're pointing out and we're making notes of this as we're walking, where the streetlights aren't working, where the shrubs needs to be trimmed because it's too, too dark, you know, along the pathway from the taxi rank to somebody's home, where there's a pothole, the sidewalk needs to be fixed, all these things. And it's, they call it a community audit because all these things are 
written down and given to the municipality to tell them, you know, you need to fix these things. Also, here's where the drug dealers are. This is where all the, you know, um, bottles of alcohol are, you know, these are the hotspots you need to make sure that these are fixed so that women and children are safe. And that's so powerful. And I think the most powerful thing about it is that it's done by the community. This isn't an outside program. These are people that care about their safety and their neighbor's safety. So tell me, Jesse, what advice do you have for other system catalysts who wish to work with the government? The number one thing is patience. Government systems are slow and you just have to persevere, which takes time (laughs) and waiting for sort of the right time and alignment of policy and what you're doing. And I guess the second point would be to align your programming with local policy framework, because that's how government will eventually be able to fund your program, hopefully in the future. Building relationships is really key at different levels of government, not just one level, but I think the easiest place to start is at a local level, because usually those government officials are from the area and they're invested in what's going on there most of the time. As you get higher up, it gets more bureaucratic. (laughs) So I would say build relationships. That would be huge with local government leaders. And then don't forget to invite government to your events, even if they don't come, that they know what you're doing in the community. And eventually over time, hopefully they'll come to your events and, and know exactly what you're doing. And now, our rapid fire with Cookie and English. What is one word that you would use to describe your journey as a systems catalyst? A crusader. Love that. (laughs) I would say. That's great. Yeah. What has been one of the most gratifying moments on this journey? To see the lives that we have changed. I think going to bed at night, knowing that you made a difference in someone's life. Just the most fulfilling thing, nothing else. Yeah, it's beautiful. What about your organization, the work that you do, what keeps you up at night? (laughs) I think finding resources, (laughs) trying to make the impact that we need, how to assist survivors to get out of the situation. What more is there that we can do with the limited resources that we have? That's what keeps me up. Yeah, that's tough. You know? So for for people out there who are sitting there thinking, you know, I could do this. I could change a system. I could be an advocate. And I want to aspire to be a systems catalyst. What would you say to them? Passion, commitment, due diligence, all those kind of things. Dedicated to it. Don't do it just for putting money in your pocket. I mean, we have worked at times when we've had no income, but it doesn't stop us. Let your work speak for itself. If you want to learn more about CTAOP or KZN Network, head on over to charliseafricaoutreach.org. You can also visit our website, systemcatalyst.com, where you will find resources related to this week's episode. That's it for today's show. Please don't forget to subscribe to System Catalysts so you don't miss out on our new episodes. Also, do us a huge favor by rating our podcast and leaving us a review. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll catch you all in the next episode.
before we go, we'd like to thank our producers at Human Group Media. We'd also like to thank our incredible network of partners who are supporting our mission. Echoing Green, DRK Foundation, Population Services International, Virgin Unite, Charlize Theron Africa Outreach Project, Senegos, The Philanthropy Workshop, Nexus, and New Profit. If you are interested in becoming a System Catalyst and would like to learn more about our partners, please visit systemcatalysts.com.